welcome to another episode of the quiet guy speaks podcast and i finally started posting so i can finally say this is episode three and on this episode i get a little vulnerable and i'm just gonna leave it at that so let's get into it all right before i get into the meat of this podcast i have a two disclaimers i want to talk about before i start uh disclaimer number one these episodes aren't as easy as i thought they would be I thought it would just be as easy as plugging up the mic, sitting in front of it, and just talking about whatever you want to talk about, but um, it's a little bit harder, and I'm starting getting, I'm starting to get in a little routine of what I need to do to prepare myself for an episode, and disclaimer number two, I think what I try to be is transparent when recording these episodes, like tell you what I'm thinking in the moment and all like that, and I tried recording this episode yesterday, today's Monday the 5th, I tried recording it yesterday, Sunday the 4th. And I spent all day watching Criminal Minds. <laughs> I just figured out Hulu has a, a season 13, 14, and 15. So I've been watching that up. And I lie to you not, I watched all of season 15 yesterday without recording. And I'm not ashamed. But yeah, those I just wanted to get those off my chest before I get into the real episode. Alright, so uh, on this episode... Alright, backtrack. I'm still trying to figure out if this is going to be like advice driven story driven or story driven and you take the advice from what you get from the story or is it like a personal journal audio journal or anything like that but uh i don't know in this episode i'm going to talk about all right let me backtrack a little bit so at first i was going to do an episode calling letter to myself writing about uh lessons i wish i would have learned back when i was younger and i just felt like that wasn't useful enough because i'm already old enough and i already know what i wish i would have known and i try to apply it now so then i tried to do a letter to my unborn unborn son and i wanted to do a future unborn son i gotta emphasize that future unborn son and it just didn't feel as personal because I don't know if I'm going to have kids or not nowadays. So it didn't seem as realistic and all like that. So I ended up doing letter to my unborn son previously. And I haven't told this story a lot. It's probably only a handful of people that know. But I've had an abortion when I was or I got an abortion when I was I didn't get I didn't get the abortion. The girl got the abortion when I was 18 years old. And we got the abortion. There you go. I think that sounds a lot better than she got it. It sounded like it was her idea. So we got an abortion when I was 18 years old. And I don't know. Sometimes that haunts me. Uh, it used to haunt me back when it first happened. Not, not so much now because I've gone through therapy and all like that to discuss about it. But uh Sometimes it's still, I still get resentment feelings towards whatever when I think about that situation. And one of the things I believe is if you still feel some type of way whenever you think of a memory, you have to write it down and try to figure out why you feel why you feel like you feel that way. And so I wrote I wrote down I wrote a letter to him. I, I'm assume, I had a dream that it was a boy, so I'm, I refer to him as him. So I had a dream. So I wrote a letter to him stating all the stuff that I wish I could have taught him and the stuff that I think about that he has helped change me ever since that moment seven years ago and just going to give I guess the general advice that I learned from that situation and hope people uh you can take away what you want to take away from it Uh, the first lesson that I would share with him is the importance of family 
And in my letter, I thanked him for teaching teaching him teaching me that, or he taught me that. Because uh, before that moment, I wouldn't say my relationship with my family, my mom, dad, brother, and all like that. It, it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't close per se. We was all in our own general circles. Uh, my mom and dad have to take care of my two special needs siblings, so they, so they focused on that. Uh, I didn't want to feel like a burden, so I never went to my parents with my problems be it personal, phys- physical, if I felt sick or anything like that. I just try to thug it out. I try to be Superman at the at the age of 17, 18, you know what I'm saying? And one moment, one day after, uh, whenever we did get the abortion, we kept it a secret. We didn't tell our parents or anything like that. We saved, We were both working at the time, so we saved up the money on our own to get it and all like that. So uh, one day after getting the abortion and all like that, I was just in my room we had, the person in me had a prior argument earlier in the day, so I was in my room, and I don't know, the feeling was just so overwhelming. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to keep thinking about it. I didn't want to keep hurting about it and all like that, so I ended up cutting myself, and I knew that wasn't right in the long run, but it just, it, it was the only thing to relieve my mind, to get my mind off thinking about it, so one day when my mom was just in the in my room on the computer when I, I just bust out crying, you know what I'm saying, just tears, tears coming down my face, all like that, and Mind you, my mom probably has only seen me crying like two, three times, you know what I'm saying? By the time I got to high school, my mom probably has never seen me cry or be upset or anything like that. So uh, she was she was shocked. She was like, what is going on? What's happening? This, that, and the third. It was nothing physically wrong with me on the outside. So I just showed, I showed her the, the cuts and all like that. She was asking what happened, like what made me do this, this, that, and the third. And I told her, you know what I'm saying? I told her, hey, we, uh, I got an abortion. This is how I'm feeling, this, that, and the third, yada, 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 yada. And uh, ever since that moment, the relationship with my mom, my dad, and my brother have gotten exponentially better to a degree. Uh, I now know that family is always going to be there be there with you no matter what decisions you make. You know what I'm saying? You're still family at the end of the day. And whenever you're hurting, they're hurting. So it's not, you don't have to be Superman. You don't have to be almighty and this, that, and the third to... To, to not want to put burdens on other people per se because they would rather see you they'd rather know you're hurting and try to figure out how to help versus be in the dark and you just pop up out of nowhere dead because you killed yourself or something like that i know that's pretty dark but that's just what i what i think about when i whenever i whenever i do look back on the situation that's the first thing i think about because nowadays i can call my mom and if i'm having a bad day i just express to her hey mom i'm having a bad day and I don't expect her to have the answers to make me feel better, but if it feels a lot better knowing that I told somebody versus keeping it in. Uh, or I can call my brother and we can just have just general conversations about anything, you know what I'm saying? Just about uh, whatever hobbies we got going on, whatever interests. If he's liking a girl, I'm liking a girl, this, that, and the third. And it's just those type of relationships would, would have never been there if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for him yet, if it wasn't for him. If it wasn't for me getting that abortion, not like that, and and uh, yeah, I, I, in, in the letter I, I've expressed thank you, gratitude towards that, because I don't know where my life would be right now if I still continue to be Mr. Macho and Mr. Not Let Nobody In or anything like that, because I don't know. Your mind is a very scary place if you allow it to, and after that happened. We always have an idea of what you would do in certain situations, but you never know what you will really do until, those situ- until that situation uh, 
really arises. So I never thought I would actually go through with it, but we did. And that 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 division between what I did and what I said I wouldn't would never do was eating me up inside, tearing me apart, you know what I'm saying, and all like that. And I wasn't able to express it to nobody at that time. And that's where it led to being progressively worse. The feelings getting worse. The need to coping wasn't healthy because I wasn't able, because I didn't reach out for help, this and the third. So I'm saying all that to say is reach out to your family. Reach out to whoever you can trust whenever feelings are, whenever they feel overwhelming. Uh, I want to emphasize family because that's what I learned um, isn't the saying like it takes a village to raise a, a child or something like that and, and that's and that's really true you know what I'm saying as you're as you're younger you rely on your parents for a lot for like emotional support and all like that just just because you're younger and you you're naive you're, you're naive to the world you don't have a you don't have a sense of yourself and all like that but as you get older we start to, sometimes we start to gradually go away from our parents and I, I did that I went away I mentally and physically went away I didn't share my interests I didn't share my likes I just had the third whenever something did pop up I would just hey mom I'm doing this and she'd be like oh okay you know what I'm saying oh hey mom I tried out for soccer you know oh okay you know what I'm saying it wasn't something she knew that I loved to do or something like that so yeah open up to your family let them in they'll much rather know that you're hurting than being in the dark they're not always going to know what to say but they can say something and saying and having somebody care for you know that you're hurting and know that they're trying their best to know that know that they're trying their best to make sure that you're not hurting no longer is a good feeling to have in your back pocket whenever stuff does go wrong and you can always keep in mind that hey I do have XYZ to in my back corner that's always going to be there for me and that's what I try to do now that's what I try to keep in the back of my head now whenever I'm having a bad day or memories bad memories come up and I'm feeling down or this that and the third I just try to keep in mind that you do have people that's going to be in your back corner no matter what all right the uh, next section I would give it's not something that he taught me per se it's something that I would want to have taught him if he was alive or be you know what I'm saying I don't want to keep talking about it but uh he would have been seven years old now because we got it when we was 18. What am I, 25? So we would have said seven. And uh, I would have told him that it's okay to fail. It's okay to not make mistakes. And I have a problem with that still to this day. Whenever uh, I want to do something, I, I'm hesitant to do it because I know I'm not going to be good at it. And that's the whole point. Whenever you start something new, you're not supposed to be good at it. You know what I'm saying? The fun is in the process. The fun is learning the new steps to add to your knowledge and all like that the fun isn't to be the greatest of everything that you do and all like that because you're never going to be the greatest thing you do you know what I'm saying so that's what I would have that's one of the lessons I would have taught him or I try to teach other people I guess is uh just start whenever whatever you want to do just start I know it may be intimidating to to not be good at something but you won't be good until you start you won't be good until you start trying and that's all it is. That's where uh, I get people like to say I like to wait to the right moment. I like to have enough motivation to do it and all like that. But I think that's backward thinking because you don't get 
the motivation until you start doing it, until you start seeing the progress, until you start seeing that you're better from where you are from day one. Now that is day 15 and you see that you're exponentially better. You get the motivation then because it's now like, oh, I am getting better at this. This is something I can learn and progress at. So now that I'm better now, let me see how better, how let me see how good I can actually get. So that so that's where the motivation comes in at, at trying to be the best at something. It's not inherent motivation. It's not something you're born with or anything like that. You just got to started do it you just got to find what you're passionate about and start it you know what i'm saying so just like uh if i use this podcast for an example um it's intimidating to i guess put your voice out there to put to put it out there for criticism and all like that and i wouldn't say that's the under, underlying reason why i didn't do a podcast but i can show you our receipts that i wanted to do this back what is it four years ago five years five years ago in my junior year of uh, college and i'm just not doing it now when i'm five years later and I just kept saying I'm going to have this great idea, this great motivation, this great whatever that's just going to push me over the top to do it. And I don't know. I can't really tell you what I can't pinpoint what happened that mind shift me to be like, all right, let me get sit down and really start cranking out episodes. But the more I do it, the more motivation I do find myself having to get to get back up and to do the next episode, to get better at it, to know that to know that it's just a progress. You know what I'm saying? And coming with that, continue with that thought, I would also teach him you got to be humble. You got to be patient. You got to lower your pride. And you got to assume that somebody else can teach you something. And if you do those things, failure is not so bad. It's not so intimidating because, all right, so you, you adapt humbleness. Uh, being humble to know that I'm not going to be the greatest whenever I start something or to be humble to know that me starting is not going to be where I am five, six, however many days later. You know what I'm saying? Uh, having Lowering your pride enough to... Lowering your pride and be humble enough to ask for help, to know that people are out there smarter than you in whatever field, that you're not the smartest. You're not the smartest at anything and somebody might know something that you don't know they can offer a different perspective than you and that can just all go into your memory bank memory bank of how you how you interact how you view things and all like that so don't uh so don't start things thinking you know it all thinking you have everything you can't learn anymore and all like that that just that just uh hinders your growth and you're always going to be learning from somebody from somebody new if you allow it to if you listen all right, so the last lesson that I would want have would want to have taught him is uh don't be afraid to love. And I've had my troubles of relationship troubles and mostly because they were self-inflicted and they were because I'm a cheater a lot in this and the third, like that's besides the point. But I I believe I did those things because I was intimidated of my own feelings per se. Um like I have it written down like don't be afraid to express yourself to the fullest you know what I'm saying and whenever you uh find yourself liking somebody or in this and the third like the first thing that you have to do is to be able to be vulnerable and that's because you have to be able to let somebody in to share your likes your dislikes your fears your aspirations this and the third and that just makes their relationship deeper and I feel like I'm I'm able to do that part but the part that I'm not able to do is I guess put my trust into somebody else, put my trust into 
to put, put my trust into somebody else to be like, all right, if I'm completely vulnerable and I let my guard down and all like that, that this person won't do something to hurt me. And I don't, I, I know that's, I know that's probably because, uh, I know that's probably because I've cheated in the past. So I'm thinking about if I cheated, then somebody else can do it. You know what I'm saying? Then my partner can do it. So I wonder if that's just, uh, uh, what is that? I'm projecting my own fears onto somebody else or I don't, I don't, I don't know what I was really trying to say right there, but, uh, but yeah, those have been, and I, I believe my relationship troubles have become, I'm trying to think with my head about things than my heart, you know what I'm saying? So say like, I don't know, back when I was young in relationships, like 18, 19 and stuff like that, I would consciously think in my head, like, this is not going to last for however long. You know what I'm saying? Until we 30, 40. You know what I'm saying? I don't think we're going to get married. So why am I... So why would I pour my heart into this relationship? Why would I trust this relationship? Why would I not have hoes this and the third? And I know that's like a childish way of thinking. Especially now when I look back on it. That's, that is a childish way of thinking. But it saves you from getting hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because whenever the relationship does end or fail, you have safety plans. You have backup, pe- backup people that you used to talk to and all like that. And thinking about that now... Planning for a relationship to fail, it's almost like it's it's almost gonna cause a relationship to fail because you're not you're not 100 percent there. You're not giving your 100 percent effort to that person, to the relationship, to yourself, to allow it to fail. You're setting up you're setting up obstacles that were not already there, and nine times out of ten, those obstacles aren't going to go anywhere until they are hit head on. And depending on what obstacles they are. That's going to ruin the relationship. So say like... I keep using myself for examples because... I mean, I, I, I'm not good at like thinking of examples on, on the fly. So I use my personal examples. So say like... Um, Alright, first love, yada yada. We dated, broke up. And you know, you're naive, you're childish. You're never going to think you're finding somebody else again, yada yada. But I did end up finding somebody else again. But in my head, I'm like this is probably not going to last depending on our age group. So I never really gave it my full of my all, you know what I'm saying? I was still doing stuff sneaky behind, behind the door, but behind her back, this, that, and the third, just to feel comfortable enough. If the relationship broke up, that I would be able to still talk to people. I would still have people in my corner. went, so I wouldn't be lonely, quote unquote, and all like that. And fast forward it now. I'm, I've gotten a lot better at not selling dreams and not leaving people on and not just talking to people because I'm bored or lonely, quote unquote. I'm perfectly content now. Uh, I'm still trying to learn myself a little bit better to be able to express myself fully whenever I do get into a relationship again. But I've been single for a whole year now. You know what I'm saying? And you just got to take that time sometimes to know yourself, to listen to yourself, and all like that. And I don't know, I've been single before, but this is the first time I've actually been single with, like, no hoes or anything like that, per se. So, like, it's really enough time for self-reflection and figuring out what you do and what you don't like, what are you comfortable with, who are you comfortable with, this, that, and the third. And once you figure out all that, don't hold it back. Don't set, set filters on it. Don't try to lessen the degree of your feelings, per se. I don't know, I like to joke around saying I love love, like I love being in love. But I don't like to act like it. I like to play the cool guy, downplay it, don't text you all the time, don't call you all the time, don't be don't want to be around you. In reality, that's that's the type of person I am, you know what I'm saying? And 
maybe if I embraced that earlier in my relationship career that I maybe would have found the one quote unquote but I've learned that lesson now and I'm sharing that lesson to you son and I hope that other people will listen and take away from what listening to your heart and take away from it and don't be scared and don't be yeah don't be scared thank you for listening to another episode of the quiet guy speaks podcast and tune in next week to a conversation with my good good friend neil and figure out why we call 911 peace the quiet guy